Welcome to the MedTech Talent Lab, the number one catalyst for advancing careers and building high-performance teams. Sponsored by the Anthony Michael Group, helping companies secure in-demand talent in regulatory affairs, quality, clinical, engineering, R&D, and other areas for medical device, digital health, diagnostics, and other organizations across the U.S. life sciences sector. Here's your host, Mitch Robbins. All right, welcome back to uh, not the last, but second to last uh, MedTech Talent Lab live session here. I'm Mitch Robbins, the host, joined by Adam Sapi, as always. Thanks to our guests in this live room today. Each and every week throughout the year, we're here at 11 o'clock Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern, talking about all things talent-related, especially uh, here within the medtech industry. And uh, simultaneous to the live shows, you can check out all the recordings that we've done. I think there's almost 55, 56 episodes at this point uh, with leaders straight from the industry, of course, on a variety of different topics, trials, tribulations of their own careers, really cool stuff. Um, so we've got a show today. Today, as it's being recorded, it's the 14th of December, and then we're going to wrap up the year on the 21st next Wednesday. Um, today, I, I want to tackle a topic that I had started thanks to one of our uh, members here in the group, Nick, Nick Swig had, had brought up a post I put up on LinkedIn this week. And what I said was, instead of waiting until after January to come up with your New Year's resolution and being part of the pack that gets all gung-ho, ready to go, energized, you know, three days, a week goes by, and then all of a sudden it's like, what was my resolution, right? <laughs> and then you wait another 11 and three-quarter months to write another one. What I had proposed on LinkedIn was, hey, if you have an idea of some of the things that you're excited to implement or change, within your personal or professional livelihood, start now, pick one thing. Today is December 14th. If you pick one thing, you start implementing it through the holiday period. By the time that you would normally go to start writing them down and implementing, you're halfway to a habit. You know, if they say eight weeks to a habit or so, you're already a month in. So talk about creating momentum and stickiness. Well, that is kind of um, uh, a springboard to what we're gonna talk about today when it comes to hiring and interviewing you know for the last six weeks we've been preaching from the hilltops as loud as we can of the importance and the opportunity in front of you to hire talent through through the holiday season and to be in a position where now is the best opportunity to have been interviewing for jobs before all the competition floods the market and uh gets out there after the first today's show is going to say okay let's just say it fell on deaf ears over the last six weeks you haven't taken any of our advice but you're thinking, ah, you're probably right. Now I've got two weeks left. What do I do going into January? What can I do? And so that's the premise of the show. We're going to tackle it from both sides, from both the hiring perspective, as well as from your own personal search perspective. And uh, I'm going to stop ranting and and, uh, welcome everybody to the show. How are you guys doing? Good. Loving the weather out here in New England. Holy, holy, is it cold. Same here in Colorado. I'm looking at the thing. I think it's 17 or something last uh, last time I checked. <clears throat> there was a, uh, um, a news post put up, and the title was, this is a we are not kidding type of storm. <laughs> and and basically just say, I think it's most of the Midwest from Nebraska over, like all the ice and the snow. I don't know what's happened in New England, but they were showing huge icicles just hanging from houses saying, like, this is no joke. Like, you cannot drive. So are you guys yeah. getting hit with a storm, or is it just cold? 
We are going to get a storm uh, Friday, uh, probably Thursday night into Friday, but for the southern part of New England, it'll mostly be rain. Uh, that said, uh, for those who live in the New England area, you know the worst thing that could happen to traffic is rain. Snow <laughs> is no problem. We know how to drive in the snow. But man, you put some rain on the road and everybody <laughs> forgets. So uh, I made the decision I'll be staying local to work uh, at a hotel so I don't have to deal with it. So nice. make it easy. Nice. I've always got uh, just these little fine-tuned things, Nick, that you make a decision and you go for it. I really respect that. He's a decisive <laughs> really guy. That. You went out and, and had – I won't get into the story, but the vehicle story that we talked about offline, I'm just like, man, this guy's on it. He's on it. Um Coming back to the topic at hand, guys, let's pretend that the audience really is starting flat-footed as of right now, and we're going to help them come into you know January 3rd, January 4th, whatever it is when the workforce comes back to work with some momentum. Let's talk about the hiring side first. If you were a talent acquisition professional now and you had a rec load yourself, or you were the director of TA like you are, Nick, and you're looking at the organization's overall rec load, um, or you're the hiring manager's like, oh, it's the 14th. We're already getting to the holidays. We've got no candidates. What are some ideas? What do you guys have? Yeah, well, I'll say there's certainly no shortage of work to do on the you know TA leader side, right? If you're on the corporate side. Um, so number one, all of our budgets are being finalized if they haven't already. And at the very least, we now have some visibility in terms of the potential opportunities that are going to go live next year, the incremental new headcount. Yeah. And so we can start to introduce ourselves to talent that we're finding and um, get the conversation going, recognizing fully that the formal interview process is not going to start post-haste. It'll, it'll probably be in the January timeframe. But the reality is it's a better experience for everyone involved if you have more time to be thinking about the company, the position, your career objectives, the values of this company, do they align to yours uh, versus the 16 day process that I went through, right? Which, you know, I was laid off. It, it made sense at the time, but it's always nice when you have the luxury of time. And so I love getting those conversations started today so that over the holidays, when people are on break, when they have time off or they're avoiding their family, uh, they have a chance to jump on the phone, research the company, uh, check out the Glassdoor reviews, whatever it might be. Um, we have our internships that are all going to be going live in January if you want the best students. For those of you who yeah. don't and want to wait until March, go to town. I'm happy to take the best. Uh, so there's a lot of work that goes into understanding which internships you're going to want, deciding what the descriptions need, what organizations to partner with. Um, so all of that work, <clears throat> there's the proactive work on the process because you've got now a year's worth of data. You can evaluate what went great, what didn't, what could use some improvement and to start thinking about what are those initiatives that you're going to run throughout the year for that continuous improvement side. Um, boy, I could just go on. There's just no shortage of, of work to do. This is I love this time of year because the reactive recruiting really comes down. And I think that's an important thing to, to tell candidates, right? Because every candidate right now, their experience is such a negative one, particularly if they're actively searching. 
because what they're finding is nobody's responding to their resume. They're not getting feedback. The whole thing does, in fact, grind to a halt. And it's not because you're a bad candidate or made the wrong decisions. It's it's the nature of the beast. That's why we're having this conversation. Um, But there are a lot of things that can be done outside of that reactive recruiting model uh, that really could propel you forward for a fantastic year. So that was a pretty good high level, high level overview um, on both sides. And I, I think one of the things I wrote down was warm and ready. And I think warm and ready applies to both sides. Um, before I jump in and kind of react to what you said and, and tag on, what are, what are your thoughts, Adam? I mean, you could speak to either side, the hiring side or the, um, the interviewing side. Yeah, if I can start with the hiring side, and I, and I told somebody this, uh, was it Monday? I have another intake uh, with the hiring manager here in about two hours. This is an awesome opportunity, a great time for you, because when you and I know, Mitch, when we do intake uh, meetings, and I'm sure Nick, too, when we're doing intake meetings with hiring managers, they're going from meeting to meeting to meeting. They have 77 you know, priorities on their desk and they're and they're changing um, and they have a million things going on. So when you ask those questions, hey, let's let's take a deeper dive into what you're looking for. They have a you know finite amount of time, usually 30 minutes, and then it's on to the next thing. And they're very frantic. Hey, well, good news. You have some time now the you know it's it's going to be quieter so really take a deeper dive whether you're writing or creating your job description or recording a video job description as we've advocated in the past on past shows really do that and then have one monitor with that and then one monitor with linkedin up or or you know a, a way you can go out to the you know linkedin's a great one you you can find people that kind of mirror or match that start inviting people to connect with you now i mean over the next two weeks you can start fostering that uh build your bench build you know like you said warm and ready so that way on january 3rd or 6th or 10th or whatever you already have a few people that are already in the mix and you've maybe had some engagement with that would be my short list uh you might be done there you, you might be you might find two or three viable candidates out of there and go through the interview process and you're done um so really utilize this downtime uh effectively and, and it could really pay dividends in january yeah that's great stuff so <clears throat> what i would add to that is if you think of it think of it as almost like a, a product launch right and yeah. when an organization goes to launch a product there's all this buzz that's created before the product comes to the market yeah. and so now over the next couple of weeks is an opportunity a golden one to create that buzz to warm up your audience so to adam's point if you're sitting at home by the fireplace send out your connections and then when they connect start introducing yourself and start trying to build something outside of i'm looking for a job do you have a job or i have a job do you want a job and yep. start trying to build some authenticity some back and forth the ping pong if you will and then as it trans as it transitions you know it comes up that you hey i noticed that you're hiring for this I'm going to be ready to go in January. Are you open to an exploratory conversation when you come back to the office? And you're almost building this up, right? Yep. That's yep. what you could be doing. On You can also, now's the golden opportunity to get your resume around to some people that you trust and make the tweaks that you want to make, right? Get your resume top. Now's the time to look at your LinkedIn profile. Say, does my profile reflect what I'm hoping people take? Ask four people to go to your LinkedIn profile and summarize what they gather. What do you do for a living? Ask them in the industry and ask them out of the industry and have them sum up in a couple of sentences. What do you do for a living? And if they can't articulate what you do for a living based on what you have on you, you got to go back to the drawing board and tweak it. Yep. And people like us are happy to help you. Yep. So your we call those your assets, right? Your resume, 
your LinkedIn profile, um, uh, um, building your connections on LinkedIn. On the hiring side, you could now's a great opportunity to start putting out teaser posts. Hey, can't wait to tell you about a brand new opportunity that we're working on come January. We're so excited because we're getting ready to do this and this and this. Stay tuned for more. Yep. You're dropping carrots so that people want to follow what you're doing, right? And you're building interest and carrying that interest through when it's go time in January. Now, if it's a position that you've been recruiting for and you don't have any traction right now, but it's not a brand new position that you're going to be launching in January, you can still create that interest. Nobody has to know that you've been recruiting for three months. Build the same interest. Hey, I'm so excited to tell you about a role that we just you know, recently started recruiting for. One of the things that you should really know is this, this, this. Over the holidays, take the time to check out this. Stay yeah. tuned for more. And then another yeah. post comes out. Yep. And what you're doing is you're trying to build interest. You're trying to build that buzz. You're trying to build that authority so that you have eyes where you want them. Right. And especially this at any given time of the year, but especially this time of year, you're fighting for attention is what you're fighting for. But and the uh, good any news thoughts is, uh, along those lines, guys, I was going to say, and the good news is this time of year, you're getting attention. Right. There's there are fewer distractions, you know, right right now in the next two, three weeks online. For, yeah. online yeah. You're, you're going to get more visibility on LinkedIn, I think, than probably any given time of the year. <clears throat> what I like, Mitch, about what you're describing is you're giving a lot of the same advice for both the hirer and the candidate. And what's beautiful about that is one of the things, the complaints I get from uh, candidates is, you know, I reach out to recruiters that, that don't have time for me. And one thing that you hear from recruiters all the time, I'm reaching out to candidates, they don't have time for me. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? For the next three weeks, everybody's got a little bit more time because yeah. uh, things are, are, I'm not going to use the Q word. Adam used the Q word. I'm not using that word because I'm not crazy. I'm going to knock on wood. Uh, but, you know, they're they're calmer. So there's more of that opportunity and a better chance that that recruiter you're reaching out to is going to take 20 minutes to connect with you. And that yeah. candidate you're reaching out to who's, you know, crazy busy throughout the year. Yeah, it's a little bit more comfortable and they have a little bit more time. They maybe don't want to do the work, right? That's one of the reasons I tend to love Fridays because I find candidates are happy to avoid work on Fridays and, and do an interview, uh, particularly if they're not actively looking. So I think the point is both parties have more time. And so if you've found over the course of the year frustration growing that you're reaching out to either the recruiter or the candidates and they're not getting back to you, now's the time. Yeah, sure. The other thing, too, I would say is, you know, I talked about warming up your audience, whether you're the interviewer or the interviewee. I talked about that and I talked about kind of a sequential set of steps to do that. There's also nothing wrong with direct messaging uh, and being very direct with what you reach out to. Hey, I saw that you're recruiting for this. I, I'm sure you're out for the holidays. Come the first week of January. Could we find a time to talk? Here's why I think I'm qualified. Here's my stuff. Please let me know and get those messages going and try to book yourself some meetings ahead of time. Or if you're the recruiter who's got a rec load, start sending your messages. Hey, we don't need to talk over the holidays, but here's an opportunity that I think you probably want to know about based on what I've research I've done. Would you be open to learning more once we get back and start trying to set that? Because I think too many people start to get in this mode. Even now it's the 14th and people are already, already looking to shut down, right? Shut down week. When is it coming up? Oh, it's the end of next week. Well, I'll just kind of, it's almost like a, uh, <laughs> a downhill, right? Like, 
oh, we're almost there, and it just keeps going slower and slower. Now's the time to actually speed down the hill yep. and, and get the most out of it. Yep. And do those via video, right? Like we had talked about before. Yeah. Hey, that's a really great message. Hey, it looks like you're hiring for an R&D engineering manager. A little bit about me, 30 seconds or whatever. I'd love to connect live with you after the holiday break if you're up for it, if you'd find value in that. That's it. Like a 45 yeah. second video, that's going to get a huge amount of response and craft it. And then maybe you're working it, like you said, uh, offline a little bit, Nick, you know, more and more people are going in the office. So now's a great time. Hey, you're at home, you're in the home office. You can record those 45 second videos. No problem. Like versus, you know, trying to carve out time uh, when you're when you're in the office or when you're working, you have a full full work day. So these next three weeks are going to be uh, a great time to do that as well if you're a candidate. Yeah, I just think we've got to remember that on January 3rd, we go warp nine, right? Yeah. And it's it's not just me and my company. It's every company across yeah. the country. January, I don't even remember most Januaries. They're so busy. <laughs> yeah. And so do you, do you really want to be trying to reach out to recruiters or candidates when everyone's at warp nine or maybe when people are a little bit more relaxed. And I don't think that question is a complicated one to answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other thing too is, <clears throat> you know, even if you don't get the response that you're looking for, it's like, well, you guys told me to try and book meetings ahead of time. I did that, but nothing happened. Or I tried to re reach out to Canada, but I didn't get anything. I'll also say this. It used to be like on average, it was eight times before somebody remembered who, who the other person was. Now I think it's over 12. It's more, yeah. It's okay. Because all you're doing is is benefiting the process by reaching out early and often. Uh, because your name's going to be much more familiar than a stranger, I guarantee you. Subconsciously, maybe, but it's still going to be more familiar than, than if it was cold come January 3rd, 4th, where everybody's back to work and has their blinders on of what they need to accomplish, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And to your point too, Nick, if you're a hiring manager and you're going into, you know, trying to catch up mode over the last three weeks on January 3rd, really spend this time right now and like i said you know in the vi the video job description but also really write out your technical screening questions write out your top priorities what what are the two or three things i need this person to do by may 15th what is my culture cultural dna like define that what is my team's dna what is my company's dna and really have it dialed in maybe even practice that because then that's your pitch to the candidates that you can use now over the next couple of weeks. But um, as importantly, when you start interviewing people in January, you have it locked in. Like you're on Shark Tank, you have your numbers, you have your data, you have your em employer value prop, you have everything ready to go. So that way you're not you know, rusty. And then also jumping into all these other projects that are now behind and two people inevitably are going to resign because it's new year, new you. So you're playing catch up on that. So use this time to really get those searches locked in. I, I think that's going to benefit you as well. Yeah. And then right after January, we have resignation season, or as some people call it, bonus season. Bonus season, March. Mm -hmm. And yeah, exactly. So, I mean, exactly. it's, it's, it's a sprint through uh, the yep. first, you know, two quarters of the year until you hit the, the early summer months. And, and that's when hiring freezes start and vacations start, right? So right. the back half of the year is always slower than the front half. Um, you want to set yourself up. Otherwise, you're just pulling your hair out for the first, you know, five, six months of the year. I agree. Adam, to your point, I would say between us, um, the number the number one question that hiring managers and most TA people, quite honestly, have terrible answer for is why should somebody doing the job 
elsewhere, come do it for you. What is yep. different? What is unique? Yep. What is compelling to tap somebody on the shoulder and have them see it as a no-brainer to at least speak with you? Yep. The answers we usually get are, well, we've got a great team here. Um, our products are amazing and we're a stable company. We've got a lot of growth on the horizon. Um, we've got great tenure. People have been here. They don't seem to leave. Our benefit packages are strong. I just named the majority of things that we hear from company to company to company. Take this time. If you're going to do nothing else and you're struggling to find talent for a search right now, take this time over the holidays to say, that's really actually a good point. If I was doing the job that I'm trying to hire for elsewhere, why would somebody want to come here? Like, yeah. Assuming they've got great benefits, assuming they've got a great culture, assuming they love their coworkers, why come here? And really challenge yeah. yourself because if you can – if you can define that and you can come up with that quote unquote X factor, nobody else is going to be able to say the same thing. It's going to be leaps and bounds different. You're going to be that much more energized to get yourself and your team out to the marketplace to talk about that message. But if you can't say, if you can't articulate that, how in the world do you think anybody else is going to be able to do that for you too? Yeah. 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 And I think that's an important piece is having an employer value proposition that um, speaks your compelling, you know, uh, value but is also grounded in truth. And right. I was actually just talking with my boss today um, about a mistake I made earlier in my career uh, where I uh, sometimes think I know what people value in a position or a company, right? But I, I'm HR and as I lovingly refer to myself as warm and fuzzy HR, right? What I perceive as the value is very different for different people. Yeah. And so you you can't just look at your benefits and point and say, this is the best benefit. This is why someone's gonna wanna come here. You really have to intimately understand your employees and what value they perceive, be it the benefits, the development opportunities your company provides, the uh, learning, the uh, advancement, Right. What is it? Maybe it's the snacks in the lunchroom. I, I joke that I'm going to gain 100 pounds here because there's always food. Right. And that's definitely not a value to me because it's a risk. <laughs> but to some people, that might be perceived as a strong value. They get the hungries at three o'clock. Right. They want some food. But understand what your employees um, subscribe to, what the value is from their perspective. And so. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think this is typically an area where leaders struggle on how to sell their job um, based on, you know, this particular role. Um, but I, I have found if you coach them a little bit, they start to remember some of the benefits that their team have expressed to them over the course of the, the year or two preceding that. So there's two things that, there. Yeah. Go for it. Saying, there's two things there. There's one that, um, um, one of the best ways to figure out what the proposition is, is to ask what's important to these types of people. What do they care about? Pool, pool, you know, do a quick little survey. Hey, if I'm recruiting for a quality engineer and, and there's six companies recruiting for the same quality engineer, what's important to them? What do they, what do they care about? What do they want to be involved with? How do they like to work? What do they like to work on? Things like that. And then you mentioned one other thing and I have no idea what it was because it just, <laughs> lost. do you, do you remember what you said at the very end? Cause you said, Hey, you know, ask them, you said that not every benefit is of equal value to uh, each other. But then there was one last thing that you said. 
I wish I knew what it was. Uh, you'd think we should record this, Mitch. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe well, we'll have to tag uh, it on. But yeah, I, probably, I probably got us off track. But what I, I was really excited by what, Nick, you were just saying, because that's, I think, the big advice, too, for if you're a candidate looking uh, all the time we Mitch and I get this too. Hey, what's in, how will, you know, what's going to go into your decision-making process? Oh, I'll know it when I see it, I'll, I'll know the right opportunity or I'll, I'll decide, or maybe if somebody's thought ahead a little bit, I'll, I have two mentors. I'll probably bounce the idea off them and sounding boards. Most people haven't even gone there far. It's just like a gut feeling. So now really drill down on that too. You know, especially if you have a, a pros and cons list or a Excel spreadsheet or whatever you're doing, literally get a scorecard if it is snacks one out of five they get a two autonomy and and have it weighted you know whatever's most important to you growth and development authorship experience if you're in regulatory whatever it is that way it's again we take the subjective piece out of it but then you know in january when you're vetting out these opportunities hey if this checks the box da 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 compensation is at least x amount benefits are fine whatever else i'm i'm a go that really takes a lot off uh, a lot of pressure off of you so um, I, I think on both sides of that, really have that clearly defined. What What is important to you? What is important to you, the person interviewing for a job? And then what is important to me when I'm vetting out other jobs? And what a great thing to do when you have time, right? right. I mean, bringing it right back to the topic that right. I, I think the best advice someone gave me throughout my career is define success. What does success look like as far as that next opportunity? What size of the company? What indications? What industry? What What is the job actually going to require you do? Who will you be yeah. working with? So that you recognize it when, when you see it. When a recruiter reaches out about an opportunity, it's very easy to say, yes, this is something I'm really interested in, moderately interested in, or I'm running, right, one way or the other. Yeah. And that's hard, I think, when you're working full time in, in the day to day, it's hard to conceptualize what is it that I want to do next because you're so immersed in what you're doing today. But this is the perfect time when you have time off that isn't necessarily scheduled as far as a vacation um, to really think through how do I propel my career in the direction I want it to go? What are the key elements to look for in this next employer? Take a step back. Look at you know. Look at the whole forest. Um, yeah, it's a great opportunity for that that self reflection. <clears throat> All right, good stuff, guys. Appreciate. Uh, I think there was a lot of nuggets shared today. So thank you to uh, to everybody that's here. One more live show to go for the year. <clears throat> we are next next week on the twenty first. Going to do a, a look back on twenty twenty two. We're going to talk about some candidate stories where we really feel like, you know. Um, basically where the difference makers were as to why can ended up taking the job or not. And for those that did, how it impacted their lives. So it should be a pretty cool, be uh, pretty cool session there. Thanks so much for being here with us live. If you're listening to this back, thank you very much. Make sure to subscribe to the MedTech Talent Lab podcast, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. For more content-rich episodes, Log on to theanthonymichaelgroup.com or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.